Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello internet, my name is Walter Ciades Fedchuk and welcome me back to the Guest Lines 2017 Summer Split EU LCS Week 9 show. Uh, I had a week off and I am, I am incredibly happy to be back. We en I enjoyed some, some great League of Legends over the past weekend, and I'm ready to sit back down. I'm ready to reanalyze it. I'm ready to make you guys some more money, and I cannot think of anyone that I would rather be doing this within in this moment than my good friend and podcast co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, how, how are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, I mean, you say great. League of Legends week to go back on, and I look at Europe, and a, a lot of this made me a little sad. I, I, I felt like there were a lot of not-like-this moments where I saw teams finally put some things together, but it, it came at the expense of, of things that I was actively rooting to have happen. Uh, I think we'll get to one of those uh, very soon uh, in my downs for the week, but look, man, we're in the home stretch now. Now's when a lot of the questions, you know, of what's really going to be on the line start to come together. Uh, we have a very, you know, we know the Mysterious Monkeys are getting relegated. We're almost certain that the Ninjas and Pajamas are getting relegated. Um, so really, this is about playoff seeding. This is about, you know, that kind of middle of the pack separating themselves. And in Group A, that might be done. I feel like in Group A, we kind of have our answer. But Group B has a lot of interesting relationships here that I am kind of fascinated to see how that continues to play out. And we might have a group 10 that actually matters, Walter. Week 10 might actually matter. It's going to be great in theory. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's me now. I've, I've got some concerns, but I've got a lot to look forward to. Week, uh, week 10 does not exist. It, it actively does not exist. It is not something that I want to encourage its existence of uh, in, any, in any way, shape, or form. But, but Chase, with, you know, with League of Legends, there were games you can say that, oh, you know, it, they weren't great League of Legends games. Um, you, you can argue that point. I would say I was, I was, uh, I was sports entertained. I'll, I'll put it that way. I think yeah, it, sure. we started using that sort of uh, language to, you know, make up for the fact that sometimes games are not the best quality. Um, but yeah, that's what I was. I was sports entertained this week, and I was impressed by a few teams, and I was depressed by a couple of teams, Mysterious Monkeys in particular. Uh, but with that being said, 
let's let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the bad. What was your up for week eight? Yeah, I, I went back and forth on this, mostly because I, I feel like the couple teams that I, I instinctively wanted to grab are teams that I've been grabbing the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Wanted to grab G2. I feel like I've done that ramp before on the show. Uh, wanted to grab, uh, you know, uh, the boys over at uh, Fnatic because they had a great win. feel like I've done that ramp before, too. So instead, I'm going to give a little bit of space to give praise to a team that I criticized pretty heavily on my little manifesto episode, as it's now become colloquially called in our Discord, because the Kegel had a much better name for the Five Things I Think series than I did. And that's Attitude. H2K. Okay. H2K... Um, I I really enjoyed seeing, especially Che, get the recognition that I thought he deserved in that series. I think that that bot lane has been sneakily uh, underrated this season, just because other AD carries have really come to the forefront. And you know, H2K when it works best, it's kind of a, a well-tuned machine. It feels like the whole team is running rather than just a couple players. But I, I think Che in particular stood out and made a case as to why he's going to be on my all-pro ballot. I thought his thresh was awesome. I thought his trundle did a very good job uh, in game two of, of positioning fights and making sure that H2K was always fighting in their comfort level. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one was just the quintessential H2K game. They won a fight at the third minute, and they never looked back. They got three kills in the bot lane, and they just snowballed off of it. And it was absurd, and there was just nothing Splice could do for the rest of the game. They could do no right, and H2K could do no wrong, but you know, game two had, you know, it had moments. There were multiple fights that they needed to win. There were multiple, you know, things that they needed to set up, and it felt like the team was firing on all cylinders. I, I think that as a five-man unit, uh, they seem to have enough coordination with each other that right now they're in that top spot in Group B. And given the flaws that we're seeing in a team like Unicorns of Love, which needed three maps to get past the Mysterious Monkeys this week. That's never a great sign for how things are going with your team. Splice had a very tough loss uh, this past week. So comparatively, you know, I I feel like H2K is is doing what they need to do. My biggest concern is that they don't seem to be playing tanks at all. Um, We're in a a meta that is being defined as the the three-tank, four-tank meta, right? We're talking about all these, you know, really tank-oriented drafts. And the closest H2K got to a tank was Gragas. You know, they're playing things like, you know, which Gragas is a tank, but he's not like a Maokai tank or a Cho'Gath tank or a, you know, the, the tanks that we're seeing other teams in other regions really rely upon. Uh, we're seeing things like they're running, you know, Rumble and in, uh, in Jace in game one and, and, you know, Rumble again in game two with Oriana. These are the, they're very much sticking to what the last few patches were. And I, I wonder if that's because they felt like they didn't have to or because they don't feel like they can uh, play that way. That's that's something I'm concerned about as far as how they might match up against teams that really can use this meta effectively. But, so, you know. So here's, here's, here's my problem with... I get we, we only are talking about Week 8, so that's why you're like, oh, you know, Unicorns of Love had Splice had all of these flaws and H2K looked fantastic. Yeah. We're only a week removed from a beatdown on H2K by G2 that wasn't particularly close, and you ranted about for 15 minutes about how, uh, about how you know the flaws that this this H2K team has as and all that. And 
My problem. Yeah, no. I mean, they they can't win one behind. That's still true. Okay. That's as far as we know. That's still true. But they didn't have to play from behind this week. Again, I like Fnatic and G two Esports were the only two teams that won convincingly other than them. So, I mean, I I would give it to the other two, <laughs> but I've done those rants. So I gave I want to give credit to H two K today. Um, I, I, I just don't want to create this image, and, and maybe it's with you, but I personally don't think that there is all that much of a difference between H2K and Unicorns of Love. I think both teams have their flaws, and, you know, Unicorns of Love at least can win from behind. Sure, they are falling behind to teams that they shouldn't have, and they make silly mistakes because they just like to constantly fight, probably when they shouldn't be fighting, but, you know, and then conversely, H2K, when they are ahead, they... You know, they take off and they snowball the game and they don't give it up. But conversely, when they're behind, they might as well be the worst team in the league because they have no clue what they're doing. So I just I don't think there's that much of a difference there. But perhaps perhaps you do think uh, think slightly different. Uh, my up for the week, Chase. I'm going right for your heart. Ninjas in pajamas. Come on. Ninjas in pajamas. Getting a victory. Okay. They're my up for the week because. Chase, and I know what your down is. I'm, I'm just going to let you roll right into your down here. I told you not to get sucked in. I told you. And I can tell you're not, you're, you're not upset. You're a terrible fan. You're ter- I just wanted you to know. You're the only person who's like, hey, you should be less of a fan of your team when someone gets excited about the fact that they won a game. It's, you're, it's... You're, you, are, you are the rain cloud over any fandom <laughs> that is not instantly winning a championship. I, I, I hate that mentality that you shouldn't That's, get excited for your favorite it, team. It's, um, it sucked this week being a Rockat fan. I'm not going to lie. You, you lose the ninjas in pajamas, and you now have a lot of questions about life, the universe, and everything. So, yeah, they're my down. Um, it, it was a really bad series. Uh, you know, I, I, I yeah. don't give – I don't want to take away from ninjas in pajamas. You know, they were better than Origin. It, it's about time that they get a win – Rockout was the most likely team on on the rest of their schedule to grab one against. So, you know that plus Rockout coming off of the high of beating, um, you know the uh, unicorns of love and Fnatic. I, you know this season, like I, I like there was about to be a letdown game. We were due for a letdown game. I get why this happened, but man, oh man, I I I'm worried, man. I I, I don't. I feel like there are deeper problems that are with this team that are just coming to the surface, especially after they lose uh, that game one. I, I just felt like they came back much more disjointed, uh, a more unfocused draft, I, I felt like, from them, a more unfocused, you know, just approach to the early game. They, they fell behind and, and badly enough that they never really recovered. And, and Triple Infernal will do that. To be fair, but uh, you know, you you think that would keep them close, <laughs> and somehow, Rocket just didn't have any any plan, anything to do with those fights, any way to actually make the fights work on their terms. And I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's rough when you're when you're losing because you know a ten zero nine Nagne is popping off. Like maybe you just don't understand how to use vision to properly ensure that you're going to be safe. Uh, when, when you go for roams, when you're trying to make plays, uh, they they just didn't have it this week, and it it's it's tough. It, it it's tough. I, I think that you've certainly got to look uh, this off season. 
I, I think that it's safe to say that the team has not progressed under grabs the way that we would hope. I think that that might be a change that needs to go. You know, we never really know behind the scenes how much coaching is having an effect on things, but I, I think it's clear that this is not getting any better. I, I think that cleaning house and that, you know, let's see what we have. And, and maybe Freddie one, two, two is a potential coach who knows he's been a late addition that I think players seem to like. So, so that might be a thing moving forward. Who knows, but this is, this is not working. We've, mentioned here on the pod before that Betsy probably isn't worth it as a long-term asset so that's really not working you you can take or leave pride stalker at this point I I'm I'm not seeing it I'm not seeing why this guy is an LCS caliber jungler and should be signed to a contract at the start of 2018 but you know your your mileage may vary but let's keep you know let's keep with deed keep our, our favorite everyone's favorite random korean but let's keep hyarnin as our veteran guy uh, you know faxi eh. if he can win lane once before the end of the split you can keep him too just once just want him to win once one time mm. uh, can he win once no no probably not i mean uh, yeah no yeah this not is... definitely not this week so no, this is not going well. This is a concern. But you know what? It's fine because we, we're safe, essentially. Unless the ninjas in pajamas go 2-1 and one against Misfits, G2, and Fnatic, they're going to relegation. Rocket's going to be fine. We'll come up with a 2018 plan, and it'll be totally different than the 2016 and 2017 plans, I swear. This time will be different, I believe. I believe this time has to be different. Please, because if not, then I don't know what I'm watching for the next few weeks or why. So, 2018, let's do it, fam. I'm sorry, buddy. <sighs> I'm I sorry. I, I I don't have uh, I don't have much faith or hope for that, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, that being said, my down of the week. Um, I'm just gonna say Misfits and Splice, because anytime they play against the top four teams, they just they look like they're on the edge of, of like finally being like, okay, we can beat these teams, and then just get knocked back to reality. Misfits more so than Splice. Splice obviously making uh, a coaching change uh, after this week, firing uh, Givas and still out there looking for one. Um, these two teams are, are Mendoza line. Like they're the essence of mediocrity, and you have to be better than these teams to make the playoffs, and the other four teams in Europe aren't. Uh, and that's kind of disappointing because I don't think either of these teams, they're both very, very, very flawed. And that doesn't make them particularly good because they have these flaws and it does not seem like either team has really done anything to adapt to, to adjust to, to fix them. Um, so the off season will be very interesting because this is probably going to be your like fifth, you know, your first round matchup in the gauntlet will be these two teams fighting each other and then they will do what they do best, which is collapse against one of the top four teams in Europe in the second round and begin their off season early. I hope they like golf. I don't know. Do Europeans in Germany golf a lot, Chase? Uh, they, is that a funny meme? It's it's there, not not as no. much as you'd like it to be for the meme. No one, no one it, under twenty five golfs, anyways. No, it's, not it just absolutely it not. Doesn't happen. That being said, 
Speaking of under 25 and not golfing, we have games this week because it's week nine in Europe. We have games. North America, it's their last week, but it's not the last week in Europe because it's only week nine and they need to have a 10-week season because one day way in the distant past, this man was walking through the hills of Greece and he tripped on a rock and he said... In 2017, all European LCS weeks will be week 10 and wrote it in this stone carving and someone on the EU LCS League Ops team was on, you know, months ago was hiking through these hills in Greece and tripped on a rock and saw the EU LCS must be 10 weeks in 2017 written on this wall and said, this is a sign of divinity. I must accomplish this. It needs to be a 10 week season. I hate this. I, I, I don't know how many times I can say I hate this and, and finally accept that it's a reality. But that being said, it is only week nine for the European LCS. We have some games this week. Uh, yeah, we have some, technically. Some, some not very particularly interesting ones. <laughs> There's a couple that are like, yeah, you know, maybe I want to pay attention to. Uh, the first one, Mysterious Monkeys versus Splice. I don't have anything to say about this series. This is a, if I'm awake and I want to turn my computer on and want to put my headphones in and like want to play Hearthstone or do anything else and have this be background noise, like this is the equivalent of that game. It's like, I just need background noise. Am I wrong? Should I want to watch this for any, like anything exciting or like maybe, I don't know. I mean, to, to define exciting, are you excited? Should you be excited about Splice versus the Mysterious Monkeys in terms of the product that they are putting onto the Rift right now? I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be high quality League of Legends game. Mysterious Monkeys uh, had their moments last week. I, I think that their game two win over the Unicorns of Love was solid. I, I think they did what they needed to do. I think Yuki is continuing to be a you know decent AD carry. Uh, in the EU LCS, I, I think that, you know, the good news for them is that Exile is so bad in lane that even Koski was able to get a laning lead, uh, and which is something they just never usually have, and it just meant that if they could get Kickers ahead enough, that, you know, they were at least relevant. But Splice is, is a team that I, I called that this coaching decision almost had to be done. Uh, when I was doing the VOD review on our lovely Discord, which you guys can join uh, if you click the link in the description. Uh, I think this is a great example of the grass is always greener. They thought, oh yeah, we're just going to move on from Yamato Cannon. You know, the system didn't work this one split. You know, forget the fact that we got there in the summer and got to that second split. You know, now we're at, now we're at the point where we're beyond him. He's not getting us to grow anymore. Let's go get this new guy and he'll create a system and what I noticed more than anything else is that Splice don't have a system anymore like we used to define Splice as a team that had the you know mostly the mid game scaling waited for the big team fight you know you had guys you know Kavi was playing things like Jin. you know you had the you know, wonder on these split pushers it was a lot of one four uh, in particular and they knew how to execute that really well and then you look at their drafts from this week and it, it's disjointed it doesn't play into their strengths, uh, or they're at least not using it around the map in that way. No wonder's being put on split pushers, but they're not committing 
You know, Sam Cux's Galio in game two didn't roam once, which is kind of absurd. Like, almost by accident, your Galio should be split pushing at some point, and it never happened. Uh, and this isn't the first time that I'm saying this about Splice. I was saying this about Wonders Jax just a couple weeks ago. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how we're at the point where they don't understand how to utilize something that used to be a classic Splice composition. But now they're going to have to find someone who can. Uh, they're going to need to find a coach in a very short period of time who they can have step in. It is not very likely that teams are going to get a guy like Quay who can just jump in right away and achieve results because this also isn't Fnatic where there are players on this team who have such big personalities, such a clear mental understanding of the game because they're veterans and have been there to such a consistent extent that they can just say, wait a second, let me play like the three or four champions that we know I'm one of the best in Europe on, and let's just make that work. Uh, there isn't an easy answer here for Splice. And I, I think that that is, I, I'm going to use the word problematic. I, I don't think it's a death sentence. I'm, I'm less willing to go out like you are and say that you know, Misfits and Splice are completely mediocre. I, I think that there are strong points to them. But they are, I believe, a step back from where the five and six seeds were last split in Europe. I, I feel like this was a significant step back from Splice last split, where Splice last split was you know, decent because they had a system. It's just that that system didn't really hold up when tested in the playoffs, mm -hmm. collapsed after that game too. Now I don't know what Splice is other than an assembly of players that theoretically should work well together but just don't seem to have all the pieces clicking at any given time it's uh it's it's rough to be a splice fan right now um but hey uh, this should be a good bounce back it's the mysterious monkeys they're not very good i can't imagine you know amazing is going to be someone who like super punishes trashy it's not really what amazing does so you're going to get away with some things on that end you should send sencox is a better laner than cost q uh, you should have Wonder be able to handle Kickus, though. Wonder has looked surprisingly bad the last couple weeks. I'm concerned about that, but you know it should. If he returns to form at all, this game should be pretty easily in, in Splice's favor. So I have the line at Splice minus 400. This is is not how I expected this week to go. Uh, I said Splice minus 220. I'm, I'm still recovering from my sabbatical. I'm clearly not thinking straight. Uh, <laughs> it's Splice minus 370. There we go. So you, you're gonna, you're gonna take this one. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I hope to be sports entertained by this, but this just feels like it's gonna be not like funny haha -ha mistakes, but more just like kind of depressing. Oh God, these are two professional League of Legends teams in Europe, and maybe instead I'll watch you know LCK vods because there are some banger matchups over there and the quality is better. So I don't know. I'm very disappointed by Splice, and I'm I'm waiting for them to reascend into that you know summer 2016 kind of performance where they were this very cohesive unit uh, but i agree it seems disjointed but i think all of these players are good like i think yeah. trashy is the weakest player on this team but the metas 
right in his favor. Like, he can flourish in this kind of meta. It does seem like they are lacking a uh, kind of an identity. But when we speak of Splice, I also compared them to Misfits earlier on. Well, so... well wait, hold on. What's the line for three games? Because I totally games. think that Splice could screw up a map in this. Three games are stalling for time, stalling for time, plus 125. Okay. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. Because I get the feeling I'm looking at this, this schedule, I don't think we're going to have a lot of value. Um, <laughs> value. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh. so Splice screwing up uh, a map here in this series seems like something we might want to come back to. But let's yeah. keep moving. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, comparing Splice to Misfits earlier on, it is only appropriate that we now move on to G2 versus Misfits. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm still like confused by G2 because they look like they want to be good. They look like they are about to reascend to where they're supposed to be, but then there are mistakes and it's not cl very clean and it's almost like when something is tarnished, when there's like a piece of, you know, a nickel or something and there's like tarnish on it and you start to, you know, start to clean it you don't get every single speck of it like on your first pass or your second pass like it, there's still some marks on there that's what g2 feels like like a half clean nickel and i don't know if they keep like setting the nickel down and they're like okay like that's good enough and then someone comes by is like no that's not good enough like the fans and us come by and say no no, no you gotta polish it more so they go it's like you know do another couple wipes okay that's good no and i'm waiting for it to get back to that like pristine almost newly minted nickel can they get back their chase, or are there just too many bad habits that they picked up in the past couple weeks that ha have sort of eroded that confidence that you have in them? I mean, I'm surprised you're as down on G2 uh, from this week as you are. Um, I thought that what we saw in, in week seven, and I, I, I talked about a little bit on my little personal episode, is just that this G2 team has been playing much better over the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like you know, Trick is someone that we were pointing to that, you know, certainly needed to uh, get himself going, that needed to find champions he could feel comfortable on and enable the rest of his teammates on. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, they had, you know, a couple hiccups in, in their series against um, God, Vitality. They, they lost that second map, uh, which wasn't particularly ideal. But uh, Ninjas and Pajamas, they did everything you could have really asked for. Uh, game two was as close to a perfect win as you get without actually having a perfect win. Mm -hmm. Though it becomes a lot easier to do that when you get Cho'Gath and Zach and LeBlanc and the enemy team doesn't know what they're doing. And they're also the ninjas in pajamas, which, you know, any decent team should be able to handle quite easily. <laughs> uh, but look, they, you know, are they perfect? No, I, I don't think that G2 are, are perfect this season. I don't think they're looking quite as strong heading into the playoffs as they did the last couple seasons, of course. Uh, you know, they they've have, you know, I think the memories of what they did in the middle of this split, um, and especially early on this split, are going to linger for a bit. But they're picking up speed at the right time. They seem to be getting better and better each week. I think that Expect looks awesome. I think Expect has had a secretly a great season. 
Uh, he's been one guy who's been consistent, wins, losses, whatever. He's been playing out of his mind. Yes, he has. So I, I, I hope that he gets credit. I think that Sven is still Sven, and, and I think maybe we forget sometimes how good Sven is at the AD carry position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he is absolutely terrifying uh, in lanes, especially on the right champions. And, you know, it, it, Perks seems to be... He seems to be in his zone. I feel like he's very confidently able to assert himself against uh, most of the midlanders in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of whether they have the rotations in them, whether they have uh, the ability for Trick to be comfortable. And luckily for them, I don't think Misfits are a team that counters what G2 is doing right now. Man, I want to like this Misfits team so much, as you know. Uh, now I'm a little personally invested since I predicted them to do so well in the, uh, before the season started. But when I remove that blinder and that you know desire to see them be good, I see a team that is really struggling, especially right now, to find an identity. Um, they, they had one, which was just give Power of Evil all of the resources, literally all of them, just all of them. And they've realized now that that's not going to win when the playoffs roll around, which was, a, you know, an accurate distinction for them to make. I, I think I wrote an entire article on Unicorn about how, you know, he's a great player and putting all the eggs into his basket has some value because of how strong he is. But then he makes a couple of mistakes and suddenly you've lost the series. Right. Uh, the, what they've been doing recently as far as pure distribution, as far as where Maxlor has been putting his pressure, I think has been more well-rounded. And Maxlor, by the way, having a great season guy's been very good i, I think underrated uh, in terms of his his consistency on his roams in terms of his consistency initiating and in team fights that game one maokai was really good um I, I feel like it was he he's been undervalued because so much of what he's done has been to set up power of evil individually mm-hmm. yes. and now that we're seeing him get to spread out a little bit more i think we're seeing that a lot en- enough of that had to do with maxlor being good uh, rather than simply turning on a guy who was really, really good in Power of Evil. But Alfari looks off and got absolutely destroyed by Soaz in both of these games. I, I think that, you know, we, we saw Caps just tear apart for Hansama every time he got a chance to roam. Turns out Shadow Assassin Kane can be pretty fun and got a buff on this next patch that we're going to be watching starting this week. So that's really fun, potentially. Uh, if you enjoy Kane shenanigans, which I do, uh, but poor Hansama, you know, we're learning if he can't, if he gets camped and Alfari's not doing anything, well then, you kind of stuck going back to your old ways and giving Power of Evil all the resources, which you know doesn't work. So they're they're in this kind of quagmire where they can't go in either direction the, the, because the tools that they want aren't working and the tools that they have. They can't single-handedly do it. Quagmire is that they didn't do it soon enough. If you want to make this kind of wholesale change, you have to do it at the beginning of the split. You can't just arbitrarily decide halfway through, like, okay, yeah, this thing that is we've been successful with, well, it's not going to win with the championship, so let's reinvent the wheel halfway through the split. You, you can't do that. You've already instilled into these players that entire split, all your boot camping and training your you know training camp before the season. All right, this is how we're gonna play, guys. We're gonna you know constantly roam. And I understand patches, champion meta changes. Those all will affect those kind of things. But yeah. go back to our previews. 
what did we want to see from Misfits? We wanted to see Han Sama turn into the next Forgiven. We wanted to see them put that faith in him. We wanted to see them put a little bit more faith into Max Lord, this, or into Elfari. Like, this was what we wanted. We wanted to see them move away from just relying on, you know, Cacao and Power of Evil and letting these younger players, these you know, second year players, really find themselves and they've stunted their growth through this decision of half you know going halfway through the split of let's just keep piling on power of evil let's just keep piling piling on power of evil and now they're stuck with it now they are like i said reinventing the wheel with three four weeks left to go of course it's not gonna like all of a sudden turn around and han sama is not gonna be putting up 20 0 and 10 games and alfari is not gonna know exactly every single perfect situation for teleports and all these things like of course not to expect that is, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I guess I would urge people to not go too far in the other direction. Like, just because they, they made this decision a little bit later in the season doesn't mean that it's not the right decision to make. No, it um, is. This is a decision but... that I think needed to be made, and we still do have, like, they have this four- or five-week period. That's half a season, Walter, in order to try to figure some of these things out. And it's better to do that now when you have some time, you have this cushion between you and in a non-playoff spot because Rocket's not climbing up the ranks. It's that's just not happening. So I think that this is a fine decision to make. I'm not I, I, I'm not as, as worried about the time crunch as you. I think we've seen teams change more about their overall macro strategy in less time. I think the problem but, is that the the tools that they need to do it are not doing their end of the deal. Alfari's supposed to be this great laner. He was a great laner last split. He didn't need a whole bunch of ganks in order to be someone who was winning lane consistently last split. This split, he's losing lane on average. That has nothing to do with, oh, we haven't coached him in terms of how to you know, make use of these resources. He's not doing well in the early game. Negative 182 gold differential yeah. at 10 minutes right now. Like that's, that's an individual problem. I have individual problems with how I, I think that Ignar has, has taken a step back in terms of his ability to roam around the map. I think their vision game has taken several steps back. So I, I, I think that... No, another thing that I brought up in our preview episode. Hmm. Yeah, no, I look, I, I understand you were the pessimist with them. I was the optimist. That's fine. Um, That's reality fine. has lent more towards the, the pessimist interpretation. So I'm, I'm going to have to eat some crow on that. My, but my... I, I think that we should not punish Misfits... Uh, for making the decision that they did to, to, to kind of make the switch, what we should punish them for is the fact that they have several pieces that should be operating in order to make the switch, that should be making the transition easier, that are not doing their part. And that's what makes this tough, um, is, is when you're not setting down enough of the groundwork that gives you the freedom to make some of these changes, um, then, then you're kind of stuck in a situation where... Uh, just to, to put that number in perspective for Alfari, um, only Faxi is a worse laner right now in the league, and they're within 10 points of each other. The next worst is, is Odoamne at negative 81, so more than 100. Odoamne, good God. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a weird one. That's yeah. strange. It's, I'm just, I only illustrated to point out just how far the gap between Alfari and the next closest top laner is. Yeah. And when you have that, and you have Ignar taking a step back, and you know Han Sama is not necessarily being, this isn't necessarily a great meta for the AD carry to be your your game changer. 
Um, it's it, it's tough, man. I they're they're uh, I I I'll save my thoughts for Han Sama for after the season because I have I have some very strong strong feelings about how they treat him and how they're using him. That's fair. That being said, where do you think the line is? I have it at G two minus two sixty. Yep, I am I am misusing and abusing my my predictions this week. I said G two at minus one eighty. It's G two minus two fifty. So so yep. Chase is Chase is gonna get another point here. There we go. Misfits plus what? Uh, Misfits plus one eighty five. Stop it. I'm not. Wow. Look, we we you have always given me crap. When I ask you about the uh, when when I forget to give you the underdog lines, I should say, I believe there was something about a spreadsheet that needed to be filled out. There is, and my spreadsheet is currently filled out. Uh, three maps plus one ten. Okay. Three maps plus I, one ten. It's not. It, this could be a good series if Misfits decides to show up, but we we only need one power of evil pop off game. I do not believe in a power of evil pop-off game in this meta. Not against Perks. Not when Perks might be playing the best League of Legends of his career. That's bold. That is a bold statement right there. As someone who watched Caps in the 2016 summer season. But sure, yeah, look, it's, it's, I, I it's said not Perks a great... Is, Perks is playing the best League of Legends of his career. I'm not saying yeah. he's the best mid laner in the LCS right now. I'm saying he's no, playing the I'm best. No, I'm saying, but I think Perks has played it better. That I think he played better this time last season. You know, during their undefeated season, I in which Perks was like the star of that team. He, but here's the thing: he was the star in terms of he's making all the plays. Now he's still making all the plays, but he's also making his teammates better, in my opinion. That they spent the entire spring of him playing like Oriana, who is you know, kind of a very supportive team setup type champion. And I see a lot of that in this play where it's not necessarily him making just these, he's making these, you know, fantastic 1v1 out duels and everything, but now he's roaming. It seems like he's the one that's directing roams more now. And he's the one that starts making your rotation up and then trick kind of comes along and, you know, it's like he was doing his gromp and like now maybe it's like trick calls it and says, I'm going to finish this gromp. You start heading up now, whatever. But just visually, it seems like Perks has turned into more of a complete player. Uh, and it's been just wonderful to watch because I like watching complete League of Legends players. And I don't think there's a whole lot of them in the West uh, as a whole. But speaking of You're not, not <laughs> speaking of not whole, H2K and Vitality. I don't think either of these teams are a whole complete League of Legends team, it's just one is very, very good, and the other one is kind of mediocre. So what are your, what are your thoughts on this series? We already talked about HTK a little bit. I, is there anything really to say about Vitality at this point? Like, may, yeah, if they go on a really nice run here, they could make the playoffs, but have we learned anything more about Vitality over the past eight weeks? Has our opinions changed in any way, shape, or form? You know, this Vitality team could be half-decent if, if Joko knew what he was doing. Which, I, I, I will say, that's another one of those players we thought would get better who unfortunately haven't. Joko's going to be on my list for that because I feel like his pathing hasn't gotten any smarter. Um, he's not necessarily having as many stupid deaths this season. 
but I don't think that he's doing as much to help his team either. You know, back last blood he was the first blood king. That's certainly not been the case here. But look, man, Nuke Duck has been playing quite well. I'm not sure how he's adjusting to this particular meta. We saw him on on uh, two champions that I thought were kind of less powerful on this patch, and Corky and Jace in the mid lane, very poke siege oriented. That seems to be what they like to do nowadays. Um, I, I I guess that's fine. Uh, I'm a little bit worried when it comes into some of these super tank teams, but you know they've got pieces, right? Nuke Duck's playing very well this split overall. I think I think he's had uh, a, a quite a banner season uh, if you look at his numbers just you know straight off the board. Um, given how bad the rest of his team is, uh, I, I think he's done a lot for himself, and I think he set himself up well. Um, I think we're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, Cabochard looking like the Cabochard of old to a certain extent. He's winning his lane. His teleports are coming in on point. We saw surprisingly two great steelback games coming through. It's just that this team has no presence in the early game. They have no real ability to dictate the game on their pace. And when you have the the game going so much in your opponent's corner and, and just to put this in perspective uh, Vitality second worst early game in the league with a 43.0 EGR uh, only the Mysterious Monkeys at 36.2 are worse uh, the competition near them at the bottom of that pile are Rocket and of course the Unicorns of Love so one of those teams is not like the others but that's really just not a category you want to be in it's become quite clear, and, and they don't seem to have that easy ability to turn things as a result. They need that one big team fight at about the 25 to 30 minute mark that then allows them to get the objectives that they need, and, and then they could you know, kind of manufacture the wave management that they don't seem to have or the kill pressure that they don't seem to utilize uh, in the way that they should. Um, talented players, you know, I, I think that we're seeing why these players have been re-signed now to LCS contracts repeatedly despite Vitality consistently underperforming. It, it just seems like it took them a little bit too long to buy into the Yamato Cannon system. And while they're executing some fundamentals a little bit better now, it's not nearly unified enough to keep up with the best teams in the league. And I think that H2K right now is among the best teams in the league. They're a great regular season team. Because all you need is a slight lead, and they can just snowball massively. And this is a series in which they're playing a team that doesn't do very well in the early game. So H2K should have plenty of opportunities to snowball. This should be a 2-0 pretty clearly in H2K's favor. So I have the line at H2K minus 600. Okay. I just do want to say, Joko is fifth in first blood percentage. Yeah, sure. But first to fifth is a huge gap. That's, that's a concern. Um, when you look at just the consistency with which one is grabbing it. Um, I mean, yeah, not... I mean it's, it's under 50%, so just slightly under half their games. I mean, yeah, I, I would say yeah, he hasn't improved it's... at a rate that is required, but I also just don't think Vitality is much of an early game team, period. So... I, I don't know. My, my opinions on Vitality really haven't haven't changed much. Like... They're discovering what their identity is. They've sort of started to figure it out, and Yamato Cannon has done a great job in, in, I think, taking everyone back to the basics of League of Legends. And 
that's the thing. He's like baby's first coach. And I think that was exactly what this team now, you know, in retrospect, that was exactly what this team needed. And I think it's worked out fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that he's been able to get the team to this point. Now, next split, it'll be interesting to see how they then progress to the next point. Where do they end up after, uh, you know, next spring? That's kind of intriguing my, to me. My only thing that I that keeps me from saying that is uh, they're not actually winning them any more games than they won last split. Like, they're not tangibly doing any better in the standings than they were last split. So if we want to attribute, like, this huge <laughs> growth, like, yeah, it's looking a little better. The losses don't look as bad. The wins look a little bit stronger. But it's not actually translate. Like, they're not in the playoff hunt. They're still going to be the fourth-place team. They're still... I mean, Vitality still have huge problems. Like, they're still not going to be... Uh, they're not going to have much uh, much higher record than they did last split. I, I don't think that... Okay. okay. I mean, that... What you, are, are we saying? We should be really, you know, super happy about the four and six. No, no, no. no. I, I don't think we should be. Play no, 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 the no, no, no. Above them in the standings. Okay, like, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like Vitality had such a great season, but I'm saying I am seeing. It's a fantastic season. <laughs> you said it's going great. It's got the plans and coming together. Yes, because they actually look like a team and not five solo queue players. That's the difference. Is they actually look like a team. They are moving around the map as a team. They are focusing on objectives as a team. This isn't five solo queue players like they were in the spring. If you watch any Vitality game from the spring, it was five different people with five different agendas all trying to accomplish different things on the Rift yeah. at every single second. Uh, now, yeah, no. it's not. So to say, oh, we can't we can't applaud them for that type of improvement, and like, yeah, it's a team game. Of course they should play I, like a team. I just want to bring it down a little bit. I just That's I feel fine. like you're going a little bit hard on it. I want to bring it down That's to... Fine. They look like a team, but they don't look like a good team. They don't look like a great team. They look like a team. They're going to finish 4-9 and nine this season, which is going to be one series better than they were last split. And we're going to look back at them, and we're still going to feel like there are big changes they need to make if they want to take a step forward. So let's just let's, let's put this all you know, in perspective to the league as a whole rather than simply comparing to who they were as a team last split. Of course they're better than what they were last split, Almost anything would have been. They got very lucky that they were in a group with, uh, with Origin of all things. So it's it's, it's it's just a different kind of of, of ball game. They're, they're now a, a below average team. That's not really going to threaten any of these top three teams. I don't think. At this okay. point. Fair enough. I they've got four games left and they're only two spots out of a tie with Slice. Three games left, but yes. Three games left. Yes, I apologize. Three games left. And, the, and it's all against the top three teams, whereas Splice has a game against the Mysterious Monkey still coming. So I'm just I saying, each... yeah, right? whatever. Sure. I have H2K minus 600. Uh, you're going to get this one as well. I have H2K at minus 300. It was H2K minus 526. There it is. Uh, Unicorn's with me on this one. Yeah, I, Unicorn's been with you the entire time. The unicorn has <laughs> failed me. That's that's what I'm at here. Uh, Fnatic versus Rocket. I wait. The, Vitality plus lines. Vitality plus three fifty. Thank you. Now we can move forward. Fnatic versus Rocket. I have nothing to say about this series. I have absolutely nothing to say. It's nice to see that Fnatic is playing meta eighty carries. Thank you, Reckless. 
and he's they're playing him better, and they're playing better since they got from Rift Rivals. Okay. That's about Are it. Are fans allowed to throw in a white flag before the match? Like, can a Rockat fan perform an act of mercy? No, because Riot doesn't the... allow surrenders. Ah. Nope. You have to play well, it. You have to watch Rockat get bloodied and beaten down by Fnatic. Hey, hey, man. 1 0 against Fnatic so far this season. That's all I have to say about that. The Kingslayers, baby. 2 0 against teams that are in first place in the group. Actually, that's not true because Unicorns are lower in second right now. It's, you know what? Kingslayers, baby. They're the one in Fanatics 9 and 1. This is. Look, Walter, I have to give myself something. You know, I have to give myself a No, you don't, because life I, is meaningless and everything's depressing and sucks. That's No, you need to be depressed because Rocket is a bad team. Man, you, <laughs> Listen, you're. <laughs> I, I, we we need to compare every we need to compare seasons to the the current season and the teams they're playing against, not who they were. We need to compare them to what's what's existing right now. Yeah, this like, season, they're the one in Fanatics nine and one. I already went on my bottom, my downs rant. Yeah, this seems terrible. There's no doubt about that. This should be a one sided series. Good. And I I mean Fanatic but, is good. They've been playing fantastically. We did beat Fanatic. That is a fact. Can't take it away from us. That is a 2017 summer. It is going down in the record books. It happened. We all have to live with it. Every time a Rocket player dies in this series, I'm going to send you a text message. Like, oh, come oh, on. Oh, oh, Betsy died again. Oh, 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 Pride Stalker failed a kick every single time because you need to get beaten back into reality about this team. You, you really just hate people having fun rooting for teams that aren't good like you're you know what you are you're what happens when bill simmons was complaining about the the trust the process tweets when the 76ers were finally having fun with the fact that they have this talent you're like screw you you haven't won anything how dare you enjoy life how dare you have fun you're not a title winner then you shouldn't have fun with anything ever for any reason let me let me have fun we won the series this season Against Fnatic, that's I should be allowed as a fan. I, I just, I just feel like I feel like enjoy that. on the Red Shirt King Manifesto, you you got a little bit too high up on your high horse, and you're like, yeah, they're amazing. This is great. This is fantastic. And then like, I said they were a bad team and spent most of it talking about Unicorns of Love not being very good. You didn't listen to the manifesto. That's what I I'm did listen to it. I did. Listen you you to saw it. the title Kingslayers and then didn't pay attention to the fact that I didn't talk no, about Rockat. I listened, I listened to it. It was 30 it. seconds of Rocket talk. You know that's not what It I'm felt saying. like a century. Let me put it that way. Where wow. do you think the line wow. is on this? Fnatic minus 800. I, with it, you're going to get the week. I said Fnatic minus 600. I, I was really off this week. I was uh, just incredibly off. Um, it's Fnatic minus 909. Rocket at plus 500. Sounds about right. Okay, Unicorn. I, I get it. It just wasn't my week. I need to go redo my NA lines then, I think. Uh, <laughs> NIP versus Misfits. Anything you want to say here? Anything you want to see? Anything in particular? I, Anything at all? I mean, you got your chance to give the ninjas in pajamas some love earlier, so this is when I'll say, uh, taking off my Rockat fan cap, putting it to the side for a second. Uh, congratulations, ninjas in pajamas. You proved what I already knew and what I hope most people on the internet already knew, which is that you're not the worst team in LCS history. 
Uh, you're a team that, unfortunately, because of a 13-game season, this is probably the only win you're going to get. But you got your win. Uh, you proved that you can put together an LCS split uh, or an LCS series in the two multiple games in a row. Uh, I thought the Nagne played well. I think Hiku has become surprisingly solid the split. I think that's going to be one of the underrated narratives that's kind of been under the surface here because the rest of the team has been bad, but he's actually been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's expanded his pool since the first, uh, since last split. I think that, you know, the action stuff that he did is, is still very good. <laughs> uh, I felt his gin, especially in this series, looked great. Um, so I, I think that he will be an LCS AD carry, regardless of whether he's on the Ninjas in Pajamas next split, depending on how that promotion series goes. I think he's earned a spot. I think that Nagne is fine. Uh, he had a great Talia game. Profit is starting to do things that aren't, um, you know, aren't, aren't split pushing. So, yeah, seems seems fine to me. Uh, I I have, uh, unfortunately, none of that really is going to matter because now they're playing a team that actually knows what they're doing. And while Misfits um, have their flaws, uh, they, they also have the best player on the Rift in this series. And when we talk about games against bad teams, that usually is the difference maker. So, usually enough, yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Misfits minus 400. Uh, again, you're going to get this one. I had Misfits at minus 250. It's Misfits minus 256. Ninjas in Pajamas at plus... Wait, so you get that one, right? No, you get it. Wait, what did you have? Minus Misfits minus 250. You had uh-huh. Misfits minus 400. It's Misfits minus 526. Oh, 526. I thought you said 256 for a second. Oh, 526. So Nope. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Nope. Five, five twenty-six. Is it a plus what? Three fifty. Okay. Um, this is there's not a lot of value. This there's n- absolutely no value. You might do two smart money bets. Like there's like uh, there's not going to be three. It's just they simply don't exist. Probably, probably not. Yeah. Looking looking ahead to the last game, Unicorns of Love versus Splice. Yeah. Unicorns Love lost a game to Mysterious Monkeys. I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I I feel like all of my greatest fears about the Unicorns of Love are coming to fruition right now. And it's it's one of those where, you know, it's like I, I, I wish I'd been wrong. Like the league is more fun if I had been wrong and that these things that I thought were flaws – Heading into Rift Rivals, coming out of Rift Rivals, especially, um, you know, were, were things that were maybe mild blips uh, on the radar. But teams are learning right now that if you can camp Chachi and you can keep him behind in the early game, take away his ability to snowball on you, Exile certainly isn't going to snowball on you. And a lot of these mid lanes, you know, Samix is a great player, but he's mostly great because his team fighting is so absurdly good. Uh, he's very rarely just pure out bullying you in lane and outscaling you to oblivion from there. Uh, that's not necessarily a Unicorn's Love style of play since they like to roam a lot more and skirmish a lot more than that. So stop Chachi. Except, you know, take your win against Exile. Like That's been enough. That, that's been enough for teams to take maps off of Unicorn's of Love or even victories off of the Unicorn's of Love over the last couple weeks. And that's hugely concerning for me i mean just think about how flawed we've talked about rocket you know you you've been super harsh to them i got super sad about him earlier and yet 
they beat the Unicorns of Love less than two weeks ago. That's where we are with this Unicorns of Love team. Uh, they're they're losing naps against the monkeys because of how easily they're they're able to be countered. They're you know they're letting some of these team fights turn against them. It's taking it's harder for them to force the fights that they want because their vision is getting significantly worse uh, than it was. Um, and it seems like they're not they're really just not executing the fundamentals. I, I think so much of what I loved about them in the first split is that they had a great understanding of value. And they understood how to set up waves so that whenever they want to fight, they immediately got a tower off of it or a dragon or, you know, whatever objective it was that was going to be available to them. Yeah. Um, they constantly had that sense of, of getting more every time there was a trade. And that's just not happening because they're not setting up the vision for it. Mm -hmm. They're not dictating enough of the pace early. Like, you know, they're the third worst early game team in the league right now. That's a concern to me. Um, Chachi's not winning his lane hard enough to give them an obvious power spot in the early game no matter what else happens he's just taken a step back this split i fear that with this tank meta it might be a little bit further back mm -hmm. uh, i was not impressed by his series i think it's still well his game one was quite good his game two showed there are flaws mm -hmm. um we'll, we'll see ultimately where i guess it ends up but you know this this is a must win i i, I think for the unicorns of love not just because these two teams are, are tied at six and four, and therefore there's a lot on the line in terms of seeding. Whoever loses this series is almost certainly out of contention for the number one spot. Um, you know, Unicorns of Love would keep pace with H2K. Splice needs it to make up a game. But I feel like Unicorns of Love are in a better spot to make that jump than Splice are. Splice right now in disarray. Absolutely. They don't have a coach. They don't have an identity. Like, the Unicorns of Love can at least fall back on we know how to team fight super well, and we have the best cleanup AD carry in the league right now at Samix. Mm -hmm. We have a guy in Exile who, say what you will about his early game, and you can say a lot of terrible things about his early game, like he still knows how to scale. Chachi is still going to be a dangerous threat. Xerxes is still uh, someone who can have a significant amount of map pressure. I, I have a lot of things that I still believe the Unicorns of Love can do, even as they're struggling. I don't know what Splice can do right now because I'm not sure Splice knows what Splice can do right now. So that's that's how I think this is going to come down. I, I have Unicorns of Love at minus 175, but I think the line is going to be closer than where I think the series goes. I, um, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust Unicorns of Love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust them to figure it out. And even if it's not this split, even if it's not, you know, with Worlds, they are gonna figure out what they need to do. And from there, um, I, I trust Sheepy. They've made this work. They've made changes. They've trusted in guys. Like none of us thought Samix was gonna work. None of us. Not a single person thought Samix was gonna work. And here he is, as you said, the best cleanup AD carry in Europe. Like he's been fantastic. He's been phenomenal. And they somehow continue to make things work and find these gems in the rough. And they took two risks on young players in Exile and Xeroxy. And while Exile might not eventually work out, Xeroxy has. And I think some of Xeroxy's weaknesses now are coming from that he doesn't have the super stable top and the super stable mid anymore. Because, you know, reality is that you cannot have, you know... Visit Chachi maybe shouldn't have been MVP last split. He played fantastically and he deserved it. But to request that he stay at that extremely high level for every single game for the rest of his career is unlikely 
So I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see where things go. I know they probably won't win a championship with just how good Fnatic and G2 have been this year. Um, they still have you know potential matchups with H2K. And I've just... This is a team where I'm like, okay, we know what the flaws are. We know that everyone's figured you out. How do you adapt? And I think Unicorns of Love have been fantastic at adapting as a whole. Maybe not adapting you know, individually, game after game after game, but as a whole, when they realize it's time for us to change and to evolve, they do that. Um, maybe not as quickly as we'd like, but they do. They do figure it out. So, again... I'm, I'm willing to see where Sheepy is going to take this. We've constantly like been like, oh, you know, Sheepy doesn't know what he's doing. These players don't know what they're doing. And they, they prove us wrong time and time and time again. So now I'm, I'm waiting to be proven wrong again. But I understand that there's a chance it might not be until next spring. So you said minus 175. I said minus I said. 200. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the sweep. There we go. There it is. It's UOL minus 172. Yep. Splice plus 130. Three maps at plus 100. The, the EU analyst finally remembering how to analyze EU. I feel like I've been vindicated with a 6-0 on this one. Listen, I'm looking at all these lines, and these lines are really fishy in how close they are. So I'm gonna have to oh, petition. On, I'm gonna it. have to petition the World uh, Guest Alliance organization to to stop check it. some tests. I assume the next time we come in, a doctor will be here who want to administer a P test. I I don't know, but there is something there is something inherently fishy here that I'm not I'm not quite liking. How dare you? Not I, 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 I just want to point out that two weeks ago you were talking about, oh, yeah, I'm totally making my predictions work based off of your predictions, but it's totally not cheating, though. It's not what you think. And meanwhile, I have one good week. I'm still behind you in the overall standings at 89 <laughs> because you got to opt out of two weeks that I could have desperately used to, uh, to catch up here. And so now you're going to try to take that away from me? No. I'm I, I'm taking this. We, you, I went, you can uh, take it I, all I you want. Win. The guy who I, beat Manny I, Joe Horan, who beat Manny Pacquiao, can take that win all he want. I still can file a complaint with the World Guest Alliance organization and have this travesty investigated. Wow. But that being said, congratulations, you get the point. It's now nine to eight in the overall score, and we have to pick some smart money bets. Um, before we get to actual week nine smart money bets, uh, after last week, after week seven, uh, we went two and one. That makes us 11 and 10 on the split. Uh, and we have a, uh, a, a net positive of 338. So, okay. yeah, we didn't do week eight. I get it. My apologies. But for eight weeks out of a nine-week season, plus 338 is not too bad when you look at last split and we had a lot a lot, a lot of trouble with Europe. So Yeah, no, I mean, this is going fine. I'm happy with this. I, I'm not happy with this slate of games as far as trying to find value. What's the Unicorns of Love 2-0 over Splice? 2-0 over Splice. Let me check that real Cause, quick. Because I agree with you that I think Unicorns of Love are more likely to put it back together than Splice is right now. Plus 175. I like that. Okay. I, I think that we're at a point right now where 
last week we saw all of the, the better teams were mostly getting two O's. Um, teams that were, you know, I understand the unicorns of love dropped a map too, mm-hmm. mysterious monkeys of all things. So I might regret this, but I think that Splice has set themselves up for a letdown game. Fair uh, enough. They beat unicorns of love the last time they played. I think unicorns of love will have adapted to that. Um, I, I think that'll be interesting. I I agree. I, I'm, I I'm okay with taking that. I also want to take uh, Misfits and G2 to go to three maps. Yep. I, I think that that's, uh, that's one of those things where maybe, you know, if you're not as high on G2, and I know that you're not as high as I am on them, you can say that they've been overperforming the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Very unlikely that they get um, a 2-0 here, especially when uh, Misfits have been doing, um, you know, Misfits have some strengths to them. Uh, we we didn't have a time enough time for it on this episode, but I I think you would be very surprised at how all these mid laners compare uh, when you look purely at the numbers. Sandcux right now in a lot of ways is uh, uh, is keeping up with with perks, and, and, and when Sandcux is doing it, you know power people can do it. Um, it. It's just a very interesting wasteland of EU mids right now. So I I think wasteland. putting out Davis to go. It just I. I mean, we're looking at a whole bunch of guys that are that are close, uh, and yet. I would call that a wasteland. I would call that European mids are back, baby. I, but they, but they got so manhandled at Rift Rivals. Like, think about how badly that went with uh, with Phoenix One. I don't know. A tournament that doesn't mean anything means nothing in the grand scheme of things. No one cares. It, it, it is. We'll we'll see. They've got people have two more weeks to really assert themselves as. We are the best team in the region, and by a significant enough margin. Uh, Fnatic is the one who, who will also be able to do it, but beating Rocket doesn't mean anything. Uh-huh. Can we call two? We have to force a third. I mean, the o- the only one that makes sense is Mysterious Monkeys versus Splice going to three maps. That's the only uh, other one that makes sense. Yeah. And that's plus one twenty-five. I mean, I guess we can do that if you want. Like, I'm. I mean, I'm. Not- doesn't bother me. We can do just two, but I think that's just as likely as G two misfits going to three maps. Sure, we'll we'll take okay. that because uh, that'll give us the if uh, if the unicorns of love manage to struggle against Splice, at least then we have a no. chance to um, to get some value. Um, that's fair. So uh, we're not gonna a great take... value. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna take uh, mysterious monkeys versus Splice to go to three maps at plus one twenty five. G2 versus Misfits to go to three maps at plus 110. That is going to be a long Thursday. And Unicorns of Love to go 2-0 over Splice in the final game on Saturday night in week nine, which isn't the last week of the European LCS season because everything is awful. But we hope that nothing was awful here and that you guys enjoyed the podcast. You guys can follow us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube if you like the video style content. You can also follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod on Twitter and on a variety of other social media sites as well. You can follow myself at CADs underscore LOL to... I'm very disappointed this week in my guesses. I, I need to do better for week 10. I need to hold on to my lead going into the playoffs because weird things happen in the playoffs. So you can find some of my thoughts on that as well as reactions uh, to the games. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? Uh, you can find me at Redshirt King. I, I love talking to you guys about anything I said today. Um, I, I think that uh, I was very happy to see the reception to my Five Things I Think uh, episode. It seems like a lot of people enjoyed that. 
uh, that might be something I do uh, in the future. I'll, I'll see. I, I don't know if I'm going to do one this week necessarily, but I will see if that's something that I can do for you guys if you just want to hear some kind of off-the-cuff thoughts. Uh, is kind of from a wider range of topics than I can usually get to uh, in an individual episode where we have to focus on game by game. But look, man, I, I feel like I'm back in touch with Europe right now, and I am looking forward to seeing how uh, seeing how this week goes. I hope that the teams that really should set themselves apart this week actually do set themselves apart this week. I'm tired of half measures. Be the teams that I believe you should be. There are five should-be blowouts this this week. I want to see how many of them we can get to. Let's see what happens, boys. Well, luckily for me, we still have one more episode this week where we're going to talk about the final week in the North American LCS. Maybe I can get this point back and uh, then, you know, only have to deal with week 10 in Europe. So come back tomorrow for our North American uh, LCS episode. And until then, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts Podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. SoundCloud.com, backslash Esports Rough Drafts. YouTube.com, backslash Rough Drafts Podcast. As well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at Patreon.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.